don't forget, um, uh, guys, if you're going, if you're planning on going on the rafting trip this Saturday, we're planning on leaving here at 9 o'clock. Unless you're driving on your own and heading out by yourself, then you can, uh, you know, take your own route if that's better for you. But if you want to ride together and carpool, we'll be leaving here at 9 o'clock. And then we're going to swing by the Dillard house when we're done to have uh, late lunch or early dinner, whatever that is. And uh, so it'll be a full day, but it'll be a lot of fun. So if you can go, we'd love to have you with us. And then I can't wait for church on Sunday. I'm already ready for Sunday. But I tell you, God's just doing some great things. Invite somebody, and you never know. They just may get the Holy Ghost and get baptized in Jesus' name. You just never know what the Lord might do. Praise God. Um, I've just got uh, a lot of scripture tonight, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be long. I will flow right through it, and if I'm not going to get to all of it, I just won't, but I'm sure they probably panicked when I gave them that list of scriptures back there tonight. The whole Bible? No, it's uh, not the whole Bible. Just three quarters of it, that's about it. No, not that much either. Uh, But tonight, I want to talk on on, uh, this subject. Holy unto the Lord. Holy unto the Lord. And uh, we live in a time where the world is, it seems like it is more rapidly trying to, uh, I guess, blur the image or change the image of who God is and who the church should be. I see um, people that are. Uh, in this world today, that, that uh, Christianity has become a badge. It's um, it's a T-shirt to wear. It's something to you know to check in a box somewhere. But there's no real life lived to show that you're anything like the Lord. And the people actually believe that that doesn't matter. Uh, we live in that world today, folks. That it's uh, just believe some things and uh, say some things and agree that. Christianity has become so uh, closely attached to being American that no one can tell. They, they assume that just being American makes you Christian. It don't. If I'm a proud American, then I'm a Christian. Well, that's not true. Uh, but it has become so, uh, especially over the last few years with the way politics have gone and the way this, this country has, has gone is that uh, standing up for things has, you know, uh, and it's got its play. We should stand for things that are right. Don't get me wrong in that. But what I'm saying is that uh, people assume if you automatically, if you vote a certain way, well, you're Christian. That makes you Christian. It doesn't. And uh, you cannot tie Christianity into any other kind of uh, political party, to any kind of uh, culture or anything like that. Christianity or serving the Lord is its own. It's got to be its own. God's people went into a land and they were the only people who were God's people. When he took them out of Egypt and he sent them into the promised land, they were the only Jews. They were the only Israelites there. They were not connected to the people of that land. And uh, while I know now in this world where we're working for the kingdom, we're reaching out to people and doing things like that. We cannot lose our identity and remember that we are to be holy unto the Lord. We are not to be holy unto an organization. 
We're not to be holy unto a group of ideas or we're not to be holy unto a pastor or to a church. We are to be holy unto the Lord and you'll never know how to do that if you don't actually read the Bible and read Scripture and follow what the Word of God says. We need people to be holy because He is holy. I want my holiness to be, uh, well, you know, I, I know the Holy Ghost is up here right in my ear tonight because he's like, be careful what you say because people get upset about, uh, about things they, uh, uh, that they want to protect in this world. But I'm, I'm telling you t- tonight that holiness is more than your political views. Hello. Holiness is your dedication and consecration to the Lord. If we are going to show this world uh, a true representation of the living God, it will be directly related to the commitment that we have to holiness or to being holy because he's holy. And the Bible says for me to be holy because he is holy. There is... um, uh, this attitude today that when you start talking about holiness in a church that um, you are lifting yourself up, you're becoming self-righteous, that, well, that's old stuff. I don't want to be associated with holiness, and holiness uh, leaves a bad taste in people's mouths, and it's a shame because the Scripture says that we should serve the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Holiness only gets ugly when we start changing it. Holiness only gets ugly when we start trying to make it be what we think it means. But when holiness is uh, followed as the Scripture says to do it, then holiness is beautiful. And we can serve the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Uh, You can't be ugly-spirited and be holy. You can't be a liar and a gossip and be holy. You can't be mean and hateful and unforgiving and bitter and be holy. Because... Holiness is what God is. God's holy, and he's none of those things. If we're going to serve him in the beauty of holiness, then we, uh, everything that he is is tied to his holiness. God is not divided up into parts. He's God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the Lord. He changes not. His, his holiness is directly tied to his love, his mercy, his compassion, his judgment, his correction. Everything that he is, holiness is tied to that. I have got to learn that if I'm going to be more like God, that I've got to tie holiness to every area of my life. It's more than just the way you look. It's the way you act. It's the way you think. It's the way you carry yourself. It's your attitude. Holiness is going to be more. It's going to be how you view God, how you represent God, how you think about his word, what you think about what he thinks about you, how you handle people in this world will be directly tied to what people think about holiness. God is holy, and I can't change that. And neither can you, and neither can the world. And if he said, for me to be holy because he is holy, I must strive to be holy. I must not strive to be uh, self-righteous. I must not strive to be uh, prideful and boastful above other people, but I must strive to be holy. The Lord was meek, but he was holy. He was very humble, but he was holy. He was compassionate, but he was holy. He corrected people, but he was holy. 
Holiness is not something that you beat people with or try to kill people with. Holiness is you and me trying to be more like the God who saved us, like the God that we serve. God called us to be holy. Holy is about my consecration and dedication to the Lord. In Ezra chapter 8, there's a story that in this this portion of Scripture, I've always... uh, I don't know, just come back to it so many times just because I like to apply it uh, to my walk, to my life, uh, because it so closely correlates with the walk that any of us as believers in this age have with God. He said in verse 24 that I separated 12 of the chief priests, Sherebiah, Hashabiah, and 10 of the brethren with them. I weighed unto them the silver and the gold, the vessels, even the offering of the house of our God, which the king and his counselors and his lords and all Israel there uh, present had offered. I even weighed unto their hands 650 talents of silver, silver vessels, 100 talents of gold, uh, talents and a gold, 100 talents. Also 20 basins of gold of 1,000 drams, two vessels of fine copper, precious as gold. And then I said unto them, You are holy unto the Lord. The vessels are holy also, and the silver and the gold are a freewill offering unto the Lord God of your fathers. Watch and keep them until you weigh them. Make sure that you understand something that what I've given you, uh, you're holy, and what I've given you is holy. You need to watch and keep them until you weigh them. You got to make sure they stay holy until a certain time. You know, there's a time coming for us when the Lord's coming back to get a church. I want to make sure that I remember that he made me holy and that he has entrusted me with the keeping of things that are holy until I stand before him one day and and hope to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. So he said, you keep them until you weigh them before the chief of the priest and the Levites and the chief of the fathers of Israel at Jerusalem in the chambers of the house of the Lord so the priest and the Levites, uh, so took the priest and the Levites the weight of the silver and the gold and the vessels to bring them to Jerusalem unto the house of our God. Now Hebrews twelve fourteen tells me to follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So there's a lot of things you can say about holiness, but just right here, I see that uh, holiness and being holy requires dedication, a keeping, a watching over things, things that God has entrusted with us, his word, his commandments, the things that he wants us to do uh, helps make us holy unto the Lord. Uh, But to follow peace with all men. Now, the world today will just leave out and holiness because they're all about, hey, let's just have peace. Let's just be tolerant. Just let everybody live together and let everybody do their own thing. Let's just have peace But he said, without holiness, I believe it's peace and holiness uh, because the scripture uh, wants me to live peaceably as much as lies within me with all men and to lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So I I believe that peace is something we have to have as well. If he's the prince of peace, I believe I should be trying to follow peace or pursue after peace. Uh, If I am following peace, then I am going along with peace and everything it has and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And so 
We've got to uh, help this world understand that holiness is not an ugly word. And it's not off limits in the church. I think there ought to be more of it preached. I think that uh, preaching holiness is something that ought to be preached to God's people. I don't think holiness should be preached to people who have not repented because they got no idea about it. Hey, the first message of holiness was to God's people, the people that he pulled out of Egypt. That was who the first message of holiness went to. He said, I took you out of Egypt. I'm the God that took you out of Egypt, so be holy because I'm holy. That was the Lord. That's what he said to his people, not to the Egyptians, not to anybody else. He said that to his people. He said, I want my people that I've called out. If I wanted you to be like Egypt, I'd have left you there. If I wanted you enjoying the spoils of Egypt, I would have left you there, but I called you out. I called you out through a sacrifice of blood on the doorpost and the and uh, over the door and the doorpost. I called you out with a Passover lamb. I called you out through the midst of the water of the Red Sea, and I drowned your enemies behind you. I did these things so you could be separate. Let me tell you, it's no different for you and I today that God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And he called us to an altar of repentance. And we went down in the water in the name of Jesus. And the things that would kill us were left behind in that water. And we were raised to walk in the newness of life, being filled with his spirit, the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And let me tell you, he wants us to be like him. He wants us to be the fruit of his tree, not the fruit of this world's tree. He wants us to be like him and to be holy because he is holy. The problem is, is that when people hear that, they automatically uh, think about self-righteous people, hard, angry, red-faced preachers screaming at them over the pulpit and things like that, and they feel like it's a word or a standard that they're judged by that they will never, ever reach. But that's not the way it is. Holiness is attainable, or God would not have said, be holy. God would have never dangled that in front of me if I could not reach it. I may not, I may be like Paul said, I have not yet attained, but this one thing I do, I forget the things that are behind and I am reaching forward. I am still striving to be more like him every day. And so I'm not going to say, well, I'm just going to not do any of it if I can't do all of it. If you can't do all of it yet, do what you can do. Maybe you're real good at forgiving people, but you, uh, real, maybe it's hard for you to have peace with people. I don't know. I, you know I'm trying to think of uh, somehow, we, well, I, I can be merciful to them, but I can't be merciful in this situation. Or and I'm working on it. I'm trying to be holy because I can reach that. The reason we can be sure that we can be holy is because God said we could be. And we shouldn't say, well, I, I, now I'm not saying wear a sign around your neck or a shirt that says, I'm holy on it because that's going to get you a lot of bad conversations. You don't need a bumper sticker that says, I'm holy, how about you? You don't need nothing like that. What you need to do is just be like God called you to be and people will recognize that you are being holy. When you love people and are merciful to people, when you look like the things that Scripture says, when you line up with the Word of God, people have no doubt that there's something else going on with you. 
And they, let me tell you, they, they, it may take them a while. They, maybe at first they go by what they see, but then they're going to know by the fruit you bear. They're going to know by your actions, by your words, by what you do, by where you hang out, and all those kind of things. They, they're going to know if you're holy or not. They'll know if you're fake or not. I've quoted this scripture, but Leviticus 11 and 44, the Lord talking to his people, he said, for I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore sanctify yourselves and you shall be holy. Now, how do I I get holy? How How can I be holy? Well, there's a lot of things that we, we can do to help us in that uh, acquisition of holiness. And one is tied directly to where he said, sanctify yourselves. When Jesus was praying before he left and he was praying for his disciples, he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So without sanctification, we won't be holy. Without his word, we won't be sanctified. God always told Israel, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. How many times from the time of Exodus all the way up through through Joshua is it said, remember the law of the Lord, keep the word of God, keep the law of the Lord over and over. Because you know why? Because they kept not keeping it. (laughs) So they kept reminding them, bind it, uh, wrap it up around your arm, put it on your head, teach it to your children when they rise up, tell it to them when they lay down. Always remember the word of the Lord, the commandments of God, because that will sanctify you, and that is part of being holy. So he said, you need to sanctify yourselves. Well, how can I sanctify myself? By keeping the word of God. Commitment is tied to being holy. If you're not committed to God, you won't be holy. If you're not committed to his word and living by his word, you can't be holy. You've got to have his word. You can't be holy without God. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. You can't separate God and His Word, so without His Word, you will not be like God. And if you won't be like God, you won't be holy. And if you won't be holy, you won't see the Lord. See what I'm saying? It's not uh, all about uh, a, a list of rules that somebody has printed up somewhere. It's in this book that teaches you and I how we can be holy because the Lord is holy. And if we're going to win this world to God, we've got to shine a true light of God, and God is holy. When we will just get to a place where it does not bother us that this world looks at us sideways because of our stance of living for God, when we're not worried about somebody in school snickering at us or somebody at the workplace not eating lunch with us or or somebody in town uh, pointing at us or whatever. When we get to a place where, look, I'm going to live for God and live by his word, and I'm not going to try to camouflage myself in with the rest of the world. I'm just going to live for God. I'm just going to live holy because he's holy. I'm going to, I ain't got it all nailed down yet. I'm striving for it every day, but I do know what God has done for me, and I am not going to turn my back on the Lord, the holy God that called me out and saved me so I can just take care of my flesh. He said, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing creeps upon the earth, for I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Relationship. That's another thing that he's saying that makes us holy. He brought us up out 
He brought them up out of Egypt so he could be their God. I'm not going to try to be your God while you're living like the world. I'm God, that don't change. But if you want it to be your God, where there's a personal relationship there, you know, everybody's always talking about him being their personal Savior. It ain't, it ain't no personal Savior until you realize I've, I've been called out of something. He called me out of the world. He called me out of darkness. He called me out to be different. He called me out so he could be my God. He's God. Nothing changes that. But if I want the adoption, if I want the connection, then I've got to get into him. I've got to be baptized into him. I've got to be filled with his spirit because without his spirit, we are none of his. So I want to make sure that I understand that there's commitment there's commitment to his word, and there's a relationship to be established once he calls me out. It's not like, whoo, he called me out, free ticket to heaven. Let me put this in my pocket so I don't lose it. Now I've got to live my life for him and walk and follow the Lord. He says, so uh, I called you out so I could be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. That is the requirements of this relationship. Will he love you if you're not holy? Absolutely. Will he still show mercy if, if uh, you're not holy? Absolutely. Will he still be good to you if you're not holy? Sure. Because the goodness of God leads people to repentance. God's always uh, trying to get people somewhere. It's not the Lord's will that any perish, but that all would come to repentance. So he's, he, don't mistake the goodness of God for the approval of God. Hello, somebody. It's the, yes, he is good, but that doesn't mean he approves. You can be a good parent, but you don't approve of your child's behavior. You still love them, but you don't approve of their behavior. You correct them, but you love them, and you, you don't doesn't mean you approve of their behavior. And just because God is keeping people alive, spared them out of an accident when they were you know, drugged up or alcohol or something like that, and they wrecked and killed 48 people or whatever they did, and, and he's like, well, I spared you. Well, God must really have something for me. I'm going, I'm going to heaven because he didn't let me die. No, he's trying to get you to get ready for that place so the next time you might not be that fortunate. The next time it might take you out because people do leave this world every day, but they never leave without a chance. I, I, I firmly believe that. I believe God is going to always provide an opportunity for someone to, to find a place of repentance, a place that they can come to him but let me tell you, I don't want to live on borrowed time. I want to take advantage of him the first time. When I hear him knocking, I want to open the door. I want to go the first time. So uh, I want to be holy because he's holy. I want to be holy unto the Lord because ultimately that's who matters. I want to be holy so this world can see how God is. Uh, but see, that's not, that's not all about uh, how long it is or how Modest it is, that's part of it. But that ain't all it is because you can have it covered up and, and have an ugly spirit. You, you can have it all covered up and, and everything and up to your neck and down to your ankles and be a thief, be a liar. You know, we've, we've got to have, uh, have it all. Holiness is one of God's basic characteristics. When you reference holy to him, it means absolute perfection and purity. That's why people get so uh, freaked out about words like holiness and perfection and things like that. 
But see, when them things apply to God, they, they mean something a little different than it does when I apply it to me. Only God is holy in himself. When the word is applied to a person or an object or to his church, it refers to what has been separated or set apart unto God. It doesn't mean that uh, I am perfect where I have no flaws whatsoever. Uh, it means that I have been separated and set apart unto God. In the Old Testament to the Jews, to the Israelites, it meant separation and dedication. We've already saw, saw that in the word. And for those who have been born again, it means separation from sin, from the world, and dedication to God and to his will. So now that we're in this New Testament era, we have got to separate ourselves from the world. He separates us from sin. You can't do that on your own. You've got to have God to get your sins washed away. For only God can forgive sins. Jesus Christ, his blood washes us from all sin. But now the choice of living or the world part of it is our choice. God does not force me to live holy. I have to choose it. He's not going to force any of us to live a certain way. He's going to say that choice is yours. Joshua told the God's people, choose this day who you'll serve. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. We're, we're making this a decision and, and saying all that. That means we're going to follow his word. We're going to live by his, his ways, his statutes, his commandments. We're going to do all the things that he said to do. That's what you and I have to choose. We've got to choose now to live holy. If we find ourselves in a place where God has convicted us and we realize something's going on, we can repent, be baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost and be born again. Brand new babes in the church. And we can walk out and just practically forget what just happened. It's our choice. It happens too. People do it. Uh, people, I've, I've seen it happen ever since I've come in church. I've seen people thought, my goodness, look what God's doing to them and never see them again. Walk right out. Or the next time you do see them, you realize that it's like they were never there. Uh, I, I had to make a choice not to go back to the things of this world. I had to make a choice to not live that way anymore and, and, and take of those things anymore and, and act that way anymore. I had to now do my best to represent the one who called me out. It's just like a brand new baby. He's with his parents when he's born. You know what he's trying to do all the time? As the older he gets, he's trying to imitate his parents. He's trying to walk. He's trying to talk. He's trying to eat like that. He tries to do. You ever watch a little kid? They, they'll start doing things, mimicking their parents, the things they see them do because they're trying to be like the ones they're looking at. That's me. I came out of this world. I'm trying to get my eyes on God. I'm trying to be like the one who saved me. I'm trying to be holy because he's holy, because he requires that. It's not an option. It's not a, a salvation option. This is not a, a car package that you pick out. Say, hey, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll take talking in tongues and holiness, uh, leave the rest of it out. No, that's not what it's like. It all comes with it. It's not an option that you can get. Will it be cheaper if I don't choose that? Yeah, it'll be cheaper. It'll be a, a cheap form. That's what it'll be. It won't be the same. It won't be what God intended it to be. Let me tell you, hey, church, guess what? We are supposed to be what God called us to be. 
And God called you and I, guess what? Oh, he called me to go to heaven. He called me to preach. He called me to missions. Well, maybe he did, but he called you to be holy because he's holy. Might as well just get the first thing down. Before he ever got them into the promised land, he said, I got you out of one place so you could be like me. I got you out of Egypt to be holy because I'm holy. I got you out so you and I could have a relationship and I could be your God. You can't just have the benefits of God and, and say, well, I don't really want a relationship. I just want to go to heaven. Well, you can want that all day long. It won't happen. Hey, living for God is not hard. And living for God is not a burden. But living for God is serious. It is the most serious, intense relationship that you will ever have on this planet. Yeah, come on, somebody. Your relationship with God will be closer than you and your spouse, your best friend, or your kids. Your, your uh, uh, relationship with him is the one that's going to determine whether or not you make it in or not. And so I don't want to neglect this gift that he's given me, this opportunity that he's given me, and I surely don't want to uh, not even realize it, but fall the way of this world where we start forgetting about holiness because the world has made holiness a bad word. But holiness is what God is. God is holy, and he expects his people to be holy. Paul wrote uh, to the church, the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians uh, 6, on into chapter 7, but he said, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It does not mean we don't have interaction with unbelievers. You do every day. Somewhere, somehow, you run into somebody that don't believe or serve the God that you serve. You can't avoid that. It's going to happen. If you do avoid that, there's no way for you to win anybody. You can't win souls. You can't make disciples. You, why even shine a light? There's nobody to see it. Uh, so, you know, a, a room full of light with light, is, you can't even tell when it's on. It's got to be in a dark place. So I, I know we're going to interact with unbelievers. Do not be unequally yoked together with them. Don't let them lead you. Don't let them steer you. Don't let them pull you into other directions, into other things, into other doctrines, into other beliefs, into getting away from the things that saved you and got you to where you are. What fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord or agreement has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Man, what a title to be laid upon us. Well, you think his temple's unholy? If he's a holy God, it's going to be a holy temple, the temple of the Holy Ghost. As God has said, I will dwell in them, walk in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. There's going to have to be, folks, some area of separation. So there can be an area of identification. They've got to be able to identify that we are children of God. I'm not saying build eight-foot walls around your house and hide there with just you and your kids until the Lord comes back. I'm not saying that this church is only going to be a church full of people that are full of the Holy Ghost and we're not letting nobody else in. But he said, come out and be separate. The Lord, 
Paul didn't say it. The Lord said it. So when your preacher preaches it, don't get mad at him. The Lord said it. You don't like that scripture, talk to him about it. Go, go get in prayer tonight by your bed and say, Lord, I got a problem with your word and see what he says about it. He said, well, guess what? It don't change whether you like it or not. It's forever settled in heaven. Wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So there is an expectation God had. We're always like, my expectations in God. Well, he's got expectations for the church. If I've done all these things for you, I expect you to follow my word. And I expect you to stay away from some things. I expect you to make the choice. I shouldn't have to grab you by the nap of the neck and drag you away from places. I expect you to make a choice not to go there in the first place. Or if you find your feet heading that way, to choose to turn around and get away from it. Uh, I, I expect you to come out and be separate so this world can tell that there is a difference between holy and unholy and clean and unclean. And that's Scripture. We'll talk about it in just a second. He said, I'll be a father unto you. You'll be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And then he said, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. He said, well, my, my heart, my inner man, that spirit is good. Now God's made that good. He don't care what the outside looks like. That ain't right. You can't say it doesn't matter what I do in my flesh. He just said, cleanse yourself from all filthiness of the flesh. There's things that you can't do in this flesh and say, hey, God don't care. God don't care if I do that. Yes, he does. He absolutely does. And you're not shining a good light for him when you're staggering drunk. Yeah, I know people that think, hey, ain't nothing wrong with drinking. God don't care about you drinking and go out and party on the weekend. I mean, I mean, they could quote scripture with a bottle to their lips and just all and just act like it don't matter. That is not shining a light for God. Well, how come God don't kill them? Because God's trying to save them. But let me tell you, that kind of activity is not going to work. It's not going to work. It, it will not pass the test. We cannot uh, satisfy the lust of the flesh and still be holy unto God. We've got to make sure that we are, and it's not impossible to do. Man, it's just choose this day who you'll serve. Did him saving your life from an eternity in a devil's lake of fire, hey, did, does that mean anything at all anymore? Him filling us with the Holy Ghost so we can be with him in heaven one day, does that mean anything uh, at all anymore that we would say, hey, if he died for me, I'm going to live for him. So cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. Spirit, sure, yeah, you don't want to clean the outside up and be nasty on the inside. You know, if, if I had a glass, washed it all up and cleaned it all up, but the inside it was full of old dog food, you say, hey, give me something to drink. Okay. Oh, well, the outside's clean. Yeah, but the inside's nasty. Hey, you know what? I wouldn't care if the inside was clean. If the outside had nasty old dog food on it, I still wouldn't drink out of it. Right. You got to clean the inside and the outside. 
so it's all good. Perfecting holiness. It means to fulfill further or completely. That means keep striving. I don't mean that, you're going, that you're, you are without flaws. He said perfecting holiness in the fear of God. In the re- everything I do, every choice I make, it is because I reverence God. I, I'm not cowering down like he's about to beat me, not that kind of fear. It's the reverence that I have for this God who loved me and gave me an opportunity. I am perfecting holiness in the fear or the reverence of God. I am pursuing it. I am trying to fulfill it. I am trying to to get everything right, and I'm doing that because I reverence God. So to sum all that up, Paul is teaching them to be separated from the world and unclean things and be dedicated to God and perfect holiness in the fear of God. So we work on it. It don't happen overnight. Let me tell you, when you come out of that water, baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, you are as perfect as you will ever be on this planet. I promise you that. Because all it takes is sometimes only a few minutes, sometimes a few hours, maybe sometimes a few days, and we, we have stained our garments and are back in the altar for rewashing. So be thankful for that that new birth feeling because it sometimes it don't last as long as we'd like it to. But isn't it wonderful to know that if I do make a mistake, I have an advocate. If I do confess my faults, he's faithful to forgive it. So you work on holiness. And then you've got to have the word because the word is holy and the word is what we're sanctified by. And we've already seen that without sanctification, we can't be holy. We need the Holy Ghost to be holy. Without his spirit, we're none of his. So if we're none of his, we can't be holy because he's holy. I can't be holy in myself. I've got to have him. I've got to have him in me. I've got to have the Holy Ghost inside of me. Don't be ashamed or afraid to be holy because this world is not afraid or ashamed to be unholy. It don't bother them a bit to be ugly toward God, to make fun of God, to make jokes about God, to make movies that that make light of God or, or say there is no God or even just blaspheme God. Yeah, they've made, all, they've made movies that say some of the most unbelievable, nasty, reproachful things that I can't even believe somebody sat down and wrote the lines to that. But they did, and somebody paid to go see it. This world does not reverence God. And if it does not fear God or reverence God, it don't care a thing about being holy or whether or not it bothers me uh, trying to live holy. It don't care if it's setting stumbling blocks. This world is constantly putting stumbling blocks in the way of people through entertainment choices and, and, and movies and drugs and substances and, and, and just advertisements and things everywhere. You can't go anywhere. You can't hardly look at billboards or anything anymore because it's just uh, things advertising promoting all kind of things. I mean, you know, when you ride down the road and see giant billboards that say free birth control, what do you think that's saying? Especially in a college town. Do what you're going to do. Just come by here. Just how about keep your clothes on? That'd be a good billboard, wouldn't it? Yeah. Why don't you keep your clothes on? That'd be a real good billboard. Why don't you quit getting drunk, sitting down in a bar? You won't have to worry about nobody putting nothing in your drink. 
You don't have to worry about nobody grabbing you up and doing something to you. Once you live holy, you, you know one thing about being holy because he's holy? It'll keep you in a safe place. It'll keep you out of the wrong place. It'll keep you out of a lot of things. I better move on. Can't be getting specific. Somebody, sometime we're going to have to, I believe, for the world's done. But let me tell you, you, we got enough common sense to know what I'm saying. There's a lot of things that we can get caught up in if we are not living our life for God. So Peter, he actually writes to us also. Man, time is running out. Even Peter wrote to us about the miracle that God has performed in our lives when he said this, 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You'll never show forth that praise more perfectly than when you live holy, which in times past we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. In the times past before we were people, man, just go on and act a fool because we did. Do all those foolish things, live that life, but now you're the people of God. You can't do that anymore. You can't act like that anymore. Paul said, uh, when I was a child, I did childish things, but now that I'm grown up, he said, I put away those childish things. And when I was in the world, I did those kind of things, but now that I'm his, I put away those worldly things. You get that worldly stuff out. He said, we had not obtained mercy, but now we had attained mercy. So we are God's people, and we are to be like him, and that means we're supposed to be holy. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, but as he which has called you is holy. So see, this is something that Peter had heard read over and over and over because he had heard Deuteronomy uh, 6 about the one Lord, Hero Israel, Lord our God's one Lord. He had heard that. He had heard the law of Moses over and over and over in his life. And he knew when God had told his people to be holy because uh, he was holy. And he said, this is not something we're leaving behind with Moses and the Israelites. This is something that we're going to talk to the church, the Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus' name church. But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation that doesn't just mean the words you speak. It means your behavior. That would include your conversation or your talk. But he's saying be holy in all manner of behavior. That means be holy on vacation. Be holy at school. Be holy on the job. Be holy when you go out on the town. Be holy wherever you are. Be holy on Facebook. Be holy on Instagram. Yeah, come on. Be holy on all that social media stuff. I don't. Even, they got so many things now. I don't even know what they are. But uh, I don't have nothing but Facebook, so I don't know any of that other new stuff. But be holy on that. Yep. 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 Be holy at home. Yep. Be holy going down the road. Be holy hanging out with your friends. Be holy. Be holy wherever you are in all manner of conversation. Be uh, your behavior, your, the way... When you go somewhere, the way you dress, that's part of your behavior. Be holy in the way you dress. Be holy in the way you act. Come on, somebody. He said, be holy, be holy because it is written, I am holy. It's written. So guess what? Can't be changed. Can't be done away with. It's written. We love them scriptures as written. We'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Woo! 
be holy. Oh, I guess I'll just stay home because holy people don't have no fun. Well, they don't know us. Man, I have a good time. Being holiness and, ha- and being holy doesn't mean that you become some kind of recluse and you lock yourself in your doors and, and, and you never get out, you never laugh, you never talk, you never cut up. I mean, uh, man, it, it don't mean you don't joke around. Don't get too foolish now. You can get carried away. But, you know, still, you can have fun, have a good time and enjoy. The Bible says serve the Lord with gladness. Man, I'm glad to serve the Lord in the joy of the Lord. Uh, is joy unspeakable and full of glory. It ain't like we don't have joy and happiness and great things in our lives living for God. But it all comes down to what do we want to do? Do we want to be holy? Or is that a deal breaker? Because if it's a deal breaker, it's a heaven breaker. Yeah. Yeah. We got to be holy. Doesn't mean be a self-righteous jerk. God is holy, but he is also love. He is caring. He is patient. He is understanding. He's a builder, a repairer, a restorer. God is good, so that means holiness is good. If God's good, oh, Bibiana ain't in here. I was waiting on all the time. If God is good, that means holiness is good. If God is great, that means holiness is great. What we have uh, is offered to everybody. I've said this many times. We may have something that they don't have, but we don't have something they cannot have. So don't act like you're you, you holding the golden egg. It, it, God, God's going to uh, give it to anybody, whosoever will, let him come. God has always wanted his people to be separated uh, or out of the world, out of Egypt in the Old Testament. Now, remember what Peter just said? that we were chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people. Listen how similar the words are that Moses uh, told uh, Israel in Exodus 19, verses 4 through 6. He said, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. In other words, you'll be a peculiar people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. A kingdom is royalty, so a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. God never changed the idea of what he wanted his people to be when he brought them out. He said, you, you, it's, it's the same, because that, that's perfect. If they'll be this, they'll be as perfect as they can be on this earth. These are the words which you shall speak unto the children of Israel. You tell them that I want them to be holy because I'm holy. And so Peter is saying it's the same for the blood-bought church today, the church that God purchased with his own blood, that we are to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And so if we're going to be like that, we're going to have to be holy. Give me about, I'll try to stop in about two minutes. Can I have five more minutes? I said two, but give me five. Do exceeding abundantly above what I ask. It's always God's been God's plan for his people to be separated and dedicated to him. Leviticus, again, 11.45, For I am the Lord that brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. 
And then in Leviticus 19 and 2, he said, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel. Say unto them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. So holiness is a message for God's people. People that are not separated will not understand holiness. People who come in in their first-time visitors to a, a church, a Holy Ghost-filled church, will not understand holiness. You can't try to jump on somebody and win them by preaching holiness. They don't know how to be like God yet. They don't even know who God is yet. You've got to introduce them to God. You've got to talk to them about Jesus Christ and Him crucified because the Lord said, I'm not even talking to you guys about being holy till I get you out of Egypt and until we get a relationship. I'm going to call you out of Egypt so I can be your God. You should be holy. See, see the, the order? He said, I'll call you out. We'll establish a relationship, and then we'll work on you getting holy. They didn't have any of his commandments when, when they got to the other side of the Red Sea. They had a miracle and they had a shouting service. And that's where a lot of people's walk with God starts, with a miracle and a shouting service. But now they need the word. Now they need somebody to lead them and to instruct them and to tell them what God is expecting. But if all they want is miracles and shouting, they can have it. But that ain't going to save nobody. It might encourage you. It might push you on a little farther. But that won't keep you. That won't save you. You need God's word if you're going to be kept. So holiness is a message for God's people. After God has called us out, made us his, after we are born again, that's where Leviticus 10 and 10, I don't think I gave you that scripture, but that's where uh, it states there is an established difference between holy and unholy and clean and unclean. There is a difference between it. It can't coexist. There's got to be a line drawn somewhere. So before God saved us, we were unholy or unlike God. But now being born again, uh, and that is absolute force to enter into the kingdom of God, John 3 said like this, whatever's flesh is flesh. Well, we know flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, the, the things of the flesh, uh, unrighteousness cannot inherit the kingdom of God. He said whatever's flesh is flesh, and whatever's spirit is spirit, there's a difference between unclean and clean. And when we're born of the spirit, uh, we're his. We become, we start taking on the attributes of, of holiness and being holy. And we, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost will lead us into all truth. It's got to do more than excite us and cause us to speak in tongues. It's going to, if we'll listen to it, it'll lead us into truth, the truth of his word, which will sanctify us and make us holy. So we need the word of God. That's why Jesus said, marvel not that I said you must be born again. You can't stay the same if you're going to go to heaven, just like Israel couldn't stay the same if they were going to go into the promised land. So Hebrews 12 and 14 is as true as John 3 through 7. Without holiness, we will not see the Lord. We must pursue holiness, attain it, and then keep it. After our new birth, there's a conflict, a war that arises between our old lifestyle and the old man and our new lifestyle, the inner man or the new creature. It's a battle for holiness. And by the power and grace of God, we will win it. We'll win that battle. Paul said, there's a war in my members. I know that. And so we know that uh, whichever one we pay attention to is the one that's going to overcome. If you pay attention to the flesh, your flesh will always lead you. It will always have dominion over you. But if you, through the Spirit, 
do mortify the deeds of the flesh. That's scripture. He said the Holy Ghost was given to us so we could destroy the works of the flesh in our life. In our text that we started out with, there were 12 priests that were separated. We are a royal priesthood called out of darkness into his marvelous light. When you read in Exodus and Leviticus about the priesthood, how they were out of one tribe, consecrated to the Lord, their lives were different, the things they could do or could not do, things they could eat or not drink, uh, things like that. Even the clothes they wore were different because even the outside mattered to the Lord. So 2 Corinthians 7 and 1 again said, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That sounds like a big sacrifice, Pastor. Holiness requires a sacrifice. Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So our desires and our will must be sacrificed. We must present ourselves in a manner that is acceptable to God, no matter what the sacrifice, that is our reasonable service. Honey, you got to come to the music because I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Uh, but I do have, I know I went over five minutes. Lord, forgive me. First Timothy 4, 7 through 8. Listen, he said, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness, or the word there also means holiness. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness or holiness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. So holiness will be good for you here on earth, and it will also have an impact on where you spend eternity. To these 12 priests, uh, precious and holy things were given unto them. It wasn't given to just anybody, but to the priesthood, royal priesthood. They were not like everybody, and we are not to be like everybody. We are holy. They have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises. The life-saving gospel of Jesus Christ has been given to us. We are the light of the world, the salt of the earth, and we are supposed to give revelation and influence to the world, a holiness influence, a God-like influence. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost, holy. Christ in you and me, the hope of glory, holy. Galatians 4, 19, until Christ be formed in you, holy. All that he is is holy. I must be holy. You can stand with me. I, I'm, I'm going to have to quit. I've got too much. I told you I would quit. I won't keep you. I won't, I won't beat you to death with it. But I want you to hear this last thing that uh, Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. We live in the last times. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy or unlike God. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. That means they love things more than they love God. And if they don't love God, they're not commandment keepers. Hello. Oh, I'm a Christian. If you love things more than you love God, you're not a commandment keeper. Because he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. 
And Deuteronomy 6 and 5 said, Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and might. Not some of it. So whenever you find or people, you see people, they love pleasure more than they love God. They're not commandment keepers. They're not doing what they need to do. There's many, many spirits that have gone out into the land. We need to try the spirits and see whether or not they be of the Lord. Then he said, these people have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. When he said that they were denying, that means they're, they're choosing. They're not forced to deny it. They have a form of godliness, but they are denying or choosing to not have the power that comes along with it. Now, the word power there is the exact same word that we love from Acts 1 and 8. And you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, which is the dunamis of God or the ability. In other words, they have chosen to turn away from the ability to even be holy. They would rather just have a form of godliness. But if you get close enough to them, you can tell. That's why we try the spirits. You know, if somebody took a mannequin and dressed it up and, and set it out there at the edge of the parking lot, you'd be like, man, who is that? Because it's a form of a person. Looks, got a hat, jacket, shoes. Look, but the closer you got, it wouldn't take long to get a look close enough, you'd realize that's just a form. Then people don't want you getting too close to them because you'll pick them out every time. They'll be ready to fight. They have a form of godliness, but they choose to deny the power or the that God gives with being holy. He said, from such, turn away. In other words, don't follow them. It didn't mean you got to just write them off and never speak to them again. Don't pray for them. Don't have mercy on them. When you turn away, he's saying, you can't follow somebody if you're going the other way. Don't listen to them. Don't take their advice. Turn away from them so you don't get led down the wrong road. Because we have to watch and keep until, until he comes back, until he splits that sky, until that trumpet sounds, whatever you want to say, until every eye sees him, until the dead in Christ rise, and then we which are alive and remain are caught up with him. We've got to keep living holy until that day because we don't know the day and we don't know the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Ten virgins, five wise, five foolish, five kept oil. Five took care of their vessels and their lamps. And five went in when the midnight cry came. Five of them went on in. I want to make sure uh, that I'm doing what I ought to do. Peter said in 2 Peter 3 and 11, Seeing that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Not just what kind of person should you be. You got specific in your holy behavior. What kind of person should you be? So we are to be holy unto the Lord. If we want to be more like Jesus, then we're going to, we're going to strive to be holy. If we're going to win this world and get them saved, really get them saved and keep them and help them and disciple them, we're going to teach them to be holy. You can't disciple somebody if you're not teaching them. Don't teach them that first. Hey, you know anything about Jesus? No. Well, you got to be holy. I got to be gone because you, you scare me. No, you've got to love them and tell them about the Savior. 
until, until he calls them out, they're still dead. Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus. Everybody there wished Lazarus was alive. Only Jesus could bring him back to life. Lazarus, come forth. He, didn't, he said, y'all don't fool with him until he gets out of the tomb. After he hopped out, then he said, now I'm done. Go loose him and let him go. You got to let the Lord work before you put your hands on him. <laughs> Here, you can't, you can't wear this no more, Lazarus. Hey, let Jesus finish up with them. And then you, you can help them get assimilated into the land of the living for God, okay? But let him get them back to life first. Praise God. Come on, let's find a place. Come pray in the altar for a few minutes tonight. Lord, make me holy. I want to be holy. Show me, God, how I can be more like you. Let's just come pray for a moment and seek the Lord. And We're trying to perfect it. We're trying to, to work on it. Lord, help me to be holy. Hallelujah.
I sure appreciate you being in Bible study tonight. Let's get ready for Sunday, guys. Don't wait till the last minute. Let's get ready. Let's invite somebody. Let's be praying. Let's be fasting. Let's be getting ready for God to do some great things. It would be great to see about 15 or 20 get the Holy Ghost on Sunday. See people get healed, baptized in Jesus' name. Going to be great. Hope you have a great rest of your week. We love you. God bless you. And you can be dismissed in Jesus' name.